morning. Today's scripture reading is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9, in the New Living Translation, the call of Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people who had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When he arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord, who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up a camp in the hill country, with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. This year, I mean it. I mean it, mean it. I could not possibly mean it anymore. I got this. Candy bars, gone. Funyuns, gone. Ice cream, candy bars and Funyuns are gone. This year, I'm going to connect with people, IRL. In real life. Made a list. That means I mean it. I'm going to take care of myself. Right after I figure out who that is. Other than a mom, which I love. I beat myself up. I'm never good enough. That has to change. Why do I do that? I'm such an idiot. See? This year I'm going to work on being the cool dad, you know? Maybe go to the skate park, hang out with my kids. No biggie. <laughs> this works, right? I gotta learn to forgive myself. You know, give myself a break. Not be perfect. I've got it. I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone by volunteering at the hospital. Maybe the pet shelter. Because cats, they're so much easier. This year, I'm going to forgive my mom. Now that I am a mom, I, I totally get it. This year, I'm going to start reading literature. You know, books and such. Because I hear it's good for me. This year, I'm shaving my back hair. I am tired of those kids at the neighborhood pool calling me Sasquatch. It's just that I am comfortable staying in my comfort zone. Who am I kidding? God, I wear myself out trying to outdo everyone. I, I can one-up everything, and it's exhausting. I have a lot of baggage, and it is not all from the mall. Well, some of it is. I'm trying, God. I am. 
but there's a reason why I'd rather stay at home. I'm weak, God. I know it. You know it. And you know what, God? This year, I'm giving you all the places that hurt. I'm going to give you all of my failed attempts that I think are going to make me a better man. You are a strong fortress, God. You. And I'm going to let you be strong in my weakness. All right, God. I'm going to start with the best relationship. You and me. And then... We'll move outward from there. Because this year, I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I mean it. And I mean it. So it's good to be together this morning, all the way to the back to the fireplace. Awesome. Glad you're in the house of the Lord on the first Sunday of 2018. And we've mentioned that word fresh start, looking for a fresh start, a clean slate as we begin a brand new year. Well, I hope you've had a good break and uh, you're ready to engage in all the things that God has for us in this coming year. It's going to be awesome. We found the Hallmark Channel this Christmas. And uh, I must say that we had a few quiet nights when we watched a couple of Hallmark Christmas movies. Sometimes two in a row. When do you ever get time to do that? And they were just some pretty clean-cut movies. Oh, they got a timer up here now. Look at that. You go away for a week and they bring a timer in. That's great. There's no excuse now. Okay, it says 1026. Doesn't mean a thing to me. (laughs) But you know, uh, we were watching these Hallmark movies and, you know, the plot is very detectable very early in the movie. Guy meets gal. There's some tension There's some reason why he shouldn't be with her or she shouldn't be with him. And it takes pretty much the whole movie to solve that. And then at the very end, they look into one another's eyes and and they fall in love and, and all the problems are solved. And it's sweet bliss from there. Just It just always ends so well. So if you're looking for something to end well, try one of those Hallmark Christmas movies. They're very good. But as soon as the movie would start, we would look at it and we'd say, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. It was so obvious. Storyline. Did you read some good books this Christmas season? Marg loves her books. And uh, she was reading books ferociously this Christmas. One really touched her because she had to capture her feelings on the book. And often we would hear the little whispers, oh, this is so good. This is so good. See, after we watch a movie or we read a book, we usually feel the need to comment on it. We've got to talk about it. Someone says, well, what did you think of that? And then we try to express what we're feeling about the movie or about the book. And maybe our thoughts aren't quite all together yet, but we have some sort of sense as to how we felt about it. 
Did it connect with us? Could we enter into the movie? Could we enter into the book? And the bottom line of a movie or a book that connects with us is what we call the storyline. The storyline. What is the storyline of the movie or of the book? Where is it going? And is it written in such a way that we can all go there as well and join the author or the producer? The book is so good, the movie is so good, and we say, oh, I just could see that again and again. Someone scored big time on the storyline. A great storyline and a presentation that brought the storyline to life. Well, friends, I just want to resensitize your heart this morning to the story that God is writing in your heart. And I guess I realized again this past week that everyone has a storyline. And we all have an assignment in life. Maybe refer to it as a calling. The call of God in our lives is to write our own story and to find our way into the storyline of as many people as possible while we live on this planet who are in our circle of influence. So I want to give you a couple of thoughts this morning, and I, and I just pray that there will be an encouragement to you as you begin 2018. Number one, just really up front, God wants to, to write a great story in your life. I've been trying to read as much as I can these days in the book of Ephesians because in a couple of weeks we're going to start a study in this great book and it's a, a series called Deeper, Deeper because Ephesians takes you deeper. Some have suggested that the first three chapters of Ephesians could be supported under the word call, that God has a call upon all of our lives. There is in fact great intentionality on the part of God to speak into the lives of each one of us. We're not a thousand bees flying in and out of a beehive that are just kind of like too hard and too difficult to really figure out where's that bee at because they're all mixed together. We're not like a billion ants marching along in a long formation making our way to the next destination without any sense of identity. But rather we are individuals who are uniquely called of God and regardless of how many billion people live in the world, God is intentional about each one of us. Can you think about that this morning? That God is intentional about each one of us. He knows each one of us. He's got an assignment and a plan and a, and a, and a vision for each of us. So chapters 1 to 3 in Ephesians is about the call of God in our lives. And then chapters 4 to 6 is all about our response to God's call. And it could be categorized under the word walk. Walk. I kind of like how the English Standard Version phrases it. Uh, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So that's the storyline. God calls and we walk. God calls and we walk. And God calls us. And you notice he doesn't hand out a lot of information to us, which sometimes frustrates us. And he often doesn't explain, nor does he condemn us, 
nor does he excuse us, but he calls us. Moses, tending sheep in Midian, was called by name at the burning bush. Moses, Moses. And he heard his name, and he learned the name of the one who called him. His name was Yahweh. And Moses' personal response was to to follow. It took a little bit of time before he said yes. But when he did, he developed a congregation of people walking out of Egypt through the Red Sea and into freedom. And he impacted a lot of people. He's still impacting us today by his life. Then a man named Saul, walking on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians, was stopped in his tracks by a voice that addressed him by name. Saul, Saul. And just like Moses, 1,200 years before him, he learned the name of the one who called him by name. And this time, the name of the, of the sovereign was Jesus. Jesus. And in that calling, Saul's very name was changed. Saul was transformed on the spot from chasing Jesus down to being one who followed Jesus. So the response to calling is walking. Walking is what we do. We follow God's call. We respond with our lives. But the obedience is not some kind of rote kind of thing like we would teach our dog, like go fetch, sit, roll over, walk. No, each of us has a very unique calling. It is God speaking to us personally. It is God speaking in our context. It's an invitation to hear him where we live. But it's very distinctive for us personally. We hear our name and we respond to the one who has called us. So God calls us and our response is to hear the call and walk out the call. And our lifetime is a journey filled with many occasions when we are listening. We're on the road, we're walking on the road, we're listening and we're speaking and we're hearing the still small voice of God, the whispers of God, and we're walking out what God is saying to us. So do you remember the account of Abraham in this rather infamous introduction? Chapter 12 of Genesis, which was read for us this morning. You know, we no sooner mention or hear the mention of his name in the last few verses of Genesis 11 before we enter into the storyline of his life. Listen to it. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. Now God is saying to Abram, I'm going to write a story for you. And I have you as the main character in this story. And I just want you to be willing to do your part, okay? First of all, it means leaving your home country. It means leaving your friends. It means leaving your family. It means allowing me to take you on a journey. And you've never been in the place where I'm taking you. But I'm going to show it to you. And I'm going to write the story of your life as you are simply obedient to me. And the book of Hebrews tells us that by faith Abraham obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. Man, I, I, I like to know where I'm going. So we were traveling in some unknown territory over the last few days and uh, last week and a half. And, and there were places where we just didn't know how to get there. But amazing, these Google Maps, just Google it. And and you can find your way 
right to the desk. You have arrived at your destination. It's incredible. Abraham had no map. He had no AMA brochure. He had no travel insurance. He had no lineup of motel reservations along the way. His caravan simply headed west toward the Mediterranean, and that was that. And God would show him where to stop sometime in the future when he got to wherever he was going. We would struggle with that, wouldn't we? Not only in our vocation uh, travel, but in, in guiding our careers and guiding our churches. I mean, we've got to have a plan. We've got to have a comprehensive plan. We've got to know how this thing's working. Abraham didn't have a clue. If you met up with his caravan at some oasis, the conversation might have gone like this. Mr. Abram, where are you going? I don't know. Well, how will you know when you get there? I don't know. I don't know. God said he would show me. You have quite an entourage here. When you do arrive, how will you provide food for all these people that you're bringing with you? He said, I don't know. I never thought about that. He just said he would take care of me. You don't seem to have a security force. And who's going to protect you from the warring tribes that are just down the road? Who's going, to, who's going to take care of you? And Abraham would shake his head and wonder and say, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just doing what I was told. So Abraham is hearing the call and walking it out when he doesn't know what's around the next corner. Abraham's call begins with a command. God told Abraham to leave his home and go to a place. Not a specific place, as far as Abraham knew. Just an unknown, unnamed place that God would disclose later. And the principle, you see, that we can learn from Abraham is that God often does not birth dreams in us until we've demonstrated our willingness to step out of our comfort zone. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is whether we're willing to do that, to step out of our comfort zones in 2018, relationally, maybe financially, I don't know, geographically, perhaps, however he leads, to dream big dreams we need to know where our security is. And if we find security in the place of, of our comfortability, we may never realize our dreams. I hadn't really seen this before, but I just want to spend a moment with you uh, musing about it, I guess. The father of Abraham was Terah, right? Verse 31 of chapter 11 of Genesis says that one day Terah took his son Abram his daughter-in-law, Sarah, and his grandson, Lot, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed toward the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. And it says that Terah lived for 205 years and died while still living in Haran. And what I muse about is this. I wonder if the call of God to go to the land of Canaan was also on Terah, father of Abraham. And I wondered if he became a little reluctant to allow God to finish the best storyline of his life. Because these little words, but they stopped at Haran. 
I don't know for sure. It's almost to say that they meant to stop for just a break. But somehow, you know, when you stop something, you stop something in the middle of the afternoon, it's like, oh, it's hard to get going again. If you stop too long, it's hard to get going again. And maybe he really did settle in in Haran. And it says Terah died there. And I can't help but wonder if Terah had more to the storyline of his life than he allowed. Was it fear? Was it complacency that, st- uh, that stopped him in Haran? So chapter 12 begins with a new startup, a new story. It's 2018. This is the story of Abraham. This is the story of the son of Terah. This is the story of God working in Abraham's life. And what a story he's going to write in Abraham's life. What a story. A story that keeps being told even today because we're inspired by it. My point is this. God has a story to write in your life. We're constantly looking for what that might be. Because we don't see it all from where we sit. At least I don't. But we believe that our lives were created for purpose and for the fulfillment of God's hand upon us. Now, the most natural thing in the world for me would have been to be a farmer. Because that's my context, to grow, grew up on a farm. And it would have been natural that I would have just followed in my father's footsteps and been a farmer all my life. My brother was a farmer. He followed in his dad's footsteps. And uh, that was the, the life that, that God pointed him to, and it was a good life. But uh, I was never feeling the same kind of inclination as my brother to be a farmer. And God was writing a, a different story for my life. He was writing a good story for my brother's life, but he was also writing a unique story for my life. And I had no idea what it would look like. And it was a bit intimidating as the picture began to shape because it does start to shape. It doesn't form right away, as all of you know. It doesn't form instantly. It begins to shape. And so it was a little bit intimidating as it started to take shape. But it was also very exciting. And I think that's how God leads us. It's intimidating, but it's adventurous. It's, it's exciting, but it's challenging. God may give you the big picture storyline of your life. He might shape it. And then he will write the chapters to your storyline one by one by one. Like a scroll that unrolls. He will write them. And you are never finished the storyline until God calls you home. He will give you dreams and perspectives that are perhaps beyond your years. Abraham pursued a city he would never see. David desired to build a temple that he was not permitted to build. The apostle Paul desired to journey to Spain and preach the gospel. Did he ever get to Spain? We don't know. God will always give you a mandate greater than you can fulfill. God doesn't want us to stay in Haran and settle down to complacency and less than the best dream for your life. God's story is different for all of us. Isn't that a good thing? I can't tell you the dream for your life. I can just say, don't settle for less. 
Don't settle for less. When you have a sense of what you can accomplish in your lifetime, it's your goal and it's your heart. And, and staying in Haran will just be mediocre for the rest of your days. Don't settle for that. God said to Abraham, I'm going to take you on a journey. And you won't see all the pieces to the puzzle, but they will come together someday. Trust me. Trust me, they will. So what a challenge to move out, to leave every relationship that might hold you back or entangle you or remind you of life before the God story in your life, to leave it all behind. Yes, Paul says, forgetting the things that are behind, I press on to the mark of the high call of God that is in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3. And that was Paul allowing God to write in his life. Yes, to a land that I will show you. God did not even tell him about the land, whether the land was good or barren. He didn't say it's hot there, it's cold there. He didn't say it's north or south. The promise was veiled as a future promise of another revelation. As if to say, you're not ready to see it until you prepare yourself through obedience. And then you'll see it unravel for you. God has a story for you. It's a wonderful story because we have a wonderful God. Does it mean that we'll all be packing up and moving to another country? I don't think so. But, but on the other hand, be careful with that because maybe, maybe for some, it will be. Uh, the story will probably unfold right where you live, although uh, be prepared that in some cases it, it could be geographical. The story of God is our openness to travel with him. To say like Mary, be it unto me as you have said to be the mother of our Lord. She said yes. Abraham said, yes, I will follow you. Samuel said, yes, speak Lord, your servant is hearing. What are the dreams that you have? Where could that take your life? And what a journey that could become. What about the next chapter? I'm excited for the next chapter. I love his storyline. I'm excited for the next chapter. We could talk a little bit about TCC, Southwest as well, some next chapters. You know, uh, we're going to start our sixth year in our new building in 2018 in September. I keep calling it a new building. If you're just here in the last few years, you probably say, is this a new building? It feels like a new building, but yes, we've been here for six years. In, this, in 2018, it'll be six years in the building. We will reach the first year anniversary of Southwest in April, but it feels like we've been there for years but it's really only nine months. And Christmas Eve was so exciting here at TCC. I don't know if you realize, we had 850 people here to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. It was awesome. And we had nearly 200 people over at Southwest on Christmas Eve. It was awesome. We used the larger auditorium and served the brunch right behind the, where the worship was placed at the front of the auditorium. It was exciting. We'll see what God is doing. And God is leading us to a new chapter. Because we don't want to stay in Haran. 
We want to hear the voice of God taking us further. But let's talk about us individually. A new chapter for you in 2018. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to stay in Haran. He has a new chapter. Oh, and he is so exciting. And what he wants to do in your life is so exciting. The word that comes to me is the word blossom. Many of you are going to blossom this year. You're going to blossom. You're going to say, Haran, I can't stay here any longer. I hear the voice of God, and I must obey. Some of you who have heard about beginning a journey with Jesus Christ will actually start the journey this year. It'll be a leap of faith. You've been analyzing this thing, and you've been, you've been trying to figure out who God really is in your life, and, and does he choose me, and does he want a relationship with me, and, or am I being brainwashed about all of this? Can I really find purpose in a relationship with Jesus Christ? And you will actually take a leap of faith in 2018. You will say, I'm going for it. I'm going to ask Jesus Christ to be the one who actually takes the steering wheel of my life. And I'm going to say yes to him. I'm going to trust him to uh, forgive my past and give me a new start. You're going to pray a prayer of surrender. Lord, here's my life. I've been holding back. And I know that you gave your life for me on the cross to forgive my sin. And I ask you to do that. I ask you to move into the driver's seat of my life. I ask you to be my leader. And uh, I wholeheartedly say yes to you. Some of you will, will, will finally just kind of say, I need to come to grips with this. And some of you, upon believing, are going to be, uh, are going to be baptized. That's a huge step for you. You've been battling it. Because it moves you out of your comfort zone. But God is writing his story in your heart. And he's freeing you from your fear. He's going to free you from your desire to stay in your comfort zone. And he's going to move you out to new spiritual territory. And baptism will be freeing for you to take the next steps in your journey. You kind of got stuck in Haran over the whole issue of baptism. But no more. You move on. It's a choice for the next chapter of your life. God is writing a story in your heart and he's taking you to the next chapter. Don't you think that while it might have been a little nerve-wracking for Abraham, it was also exhilarating? There's a part of us when we're challenged, it's like, but the other part of it is that, oh, it's, it is exciting. I'm going to jump off. I'm going to, I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to plunge in. I'm going to dive in here. It was an adventure for him, even though it must have pushed him out of his comfort zone. What's the next chapter in your life? Do you need to find a pathway in your life that prompts you to grow in your journey? Do you need to find something that works for you in terms of feeding your spiritual life? Are, are you tired of Haran going for days and weeks without any spiritual nourishment? How do you self-feed? How will you self-feed in 2018? Adam has got a... I'm just learning about this. He's got a Bible study that's happening on Monday nights. Uh, what is it, six weeks long or eight, week, eight weeks long? And uh, he's, going to be, he's going to be teaching us uh, how to study the Bible, just how to, how to actually approach that so that we can self-feed. That's going to be a great time, and I'm so excited, Adam, for, 
the fact that you're going to do that. The, the blossom is beautiful when you say to God, teach me from your word. Help me enter into a relationship with you where I can experience your heart and your guidance and, and teach me to hear you. Teach me to hear your voice in, in this next chapter. Some of you are going to blossom in a small group context. You've been nervous about that. But you can see it as a next step to get to know some people, to grow, to rub shoulders with people who are growing. Or maybe it's the Hearing God Seminar. We've, we've got that on our calendar. We'll give you some details shortly. But learning to hear the promptings of God, the whispers of God, and how that can significantly impact our journey with Jesus. Some of you are going to blossom by finding your sweet spot in ministry. Translated, finding an area of ministry that's total, totally you. And every time you serve and you work in that ministry, you walk away saying, that is me. That is totally me. I feel like I make a difference there. And some of you are going to blossom by saying yes to the call of God for a specific ministry. Oh, and this gets me so excited that, there are, that, that as you listen today, the Holy Spirit is just prompting you to say full-time, full-time Christian ministry, pastoral missionary, counseling, whatever it might look like. It might mean training and equipping and moving out of Haran and getting the training, but what an adventure that lies before. Some of you are going to be healed of past hurts, and this year you get back on the road again. God has done his work, and now he releases you back to your calling. It's long enough that you've been out of, out of commission. It's now time to move back in. Friends, may you blossom and be healthy and strong and vibrant in your walk with God. Like Psalm 1, planted on the bank of the river, growing and healthy. Trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. The second thing I want to say, and it'll be much briefer. God wants to use your storyline to write into the hearts of the people around you. He, he wants to use you to write into the hearts of people around you, just like Abraham. God's going to bless you, and he's going to make you a blessing. Listen how true this is in Abraham's life. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And I like the next sentence. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed him. Obedience. When you allow God to write his story in your life, you play a role of great significance in the lives of the people around you. When God blesses you, you become a blessing to other people. And Abraham at the end of his life could look back and he could see that his story was a very adventurous story. Oh, was it ever. But what a story he brings to the world. He was faithful. He was courageous. He was a man of faith. And our lives are better because of him. He's still impacting us today. God has put some people in our sphere of influence. And they are particularly in our influence for a reason. I hope you... We'll always remember that in 2018. They're there for a reason. 
There's a generation that's growing up that sees the church of Jesus Christ as being quite irrelevant. And it takes the wisdom of God and the love of God to reach our generation. We made a philosophical choice 15 years ago to come alongside of our community in Terwilliger Town. We come alongside to hear their story. Not to judge their story or to set their story aside and say, your story is no good, but to hear their story and to enter into it. But we enter into it with our story as well. And God, through his grace, has his blessing upon this church. And he has given us favor in the land of Terwilliger Town. And he is allowing us to write our story there. And he is allowing you to write the story of God in your life into the people particularly who are in your sphere of influence. Making the best choices for the next chapter. I heard someone say that their intent in the coming months is to give their children a blessing every day. Wow. To give their children a blessing every day. What a, what a resolve for 2018. Intentionality. To give your children a blessing every day. Wouldn't that be something? Maybe giving your whole family a blessing. Extended family. In the middle of December, we lost a wonderful servant, uh, Jim Leverett, who was the regional minister of our Alberta Baptist Association. He's the pastor to pastors. He's, he's our pastor as staff. And he wrote his story into the hearts of many of us, encouraging us, walking with us all across this province. We were unable to be at the memorial service, but we were able to live stream it during the time we were away. And my heart was sad and rejoicing. Rejoicing, he's at home with the Lord, and rejoicing for the influence of his life and his ministry. Sad because that chapter is complete and we will miss him. His family will miss him so much. Life is all too brief. But God uses the time we have to write our story. His story into the lives of people around us. So God wants to use your story to write into the hearts of your family and your friends and your neighbors. Wherever you work, wherever you study. He, he calls you. And he calls you, and we walk with him. Our responsibility is to walk. He calls, we walk.